Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blackhawks on Tap Post Game Show, a production of the Four Feathers Podcast, brought to you by the On Tap Sports Network. I'm Johnny Nani, joined tonight by Tony Marchese after a six to two Blackhawks winner. Tony, uh, last time that we talked Sunday night, we were down in the dumps a bit, and we talked about the next steps of this thing. Um, this is what we would call the celebration of life tonight for the Blackhawks. Yeah, Johnny, this was uh, definitely a good trip down uh, memory lane for the uh, 1920 Blackhawks. A lot of good positives in this game tonight. Um, Happier, uh, jovial uh, type atmosphere, I I think. Uh, Six to six goals scored on the night. What do we get? Six to two as a final score. Uh, You you saw the Hawks pour it on in the third. Uh, Well, actually, the second and the third with three goals apiece in each of those periods. Um, Good stuff all around, I think, tonight, Johnny. Yeah, um, you know, we, we had talked about this themes. If you had listened to our previous show, it was pronounced dead when we officially pronounced the Blackhawks dead for the 2019-20 season after that loss of St. Louis Blues being shut out 2 to nothing at home on Sunday night. Um, so the next stage of this, what do you do after someone's pronounced dead? But you uh, kind of collect the memories, have a celebration of life, um, eventually get down to the funeral, the eulogy, all of that. So we'll get there. We'll get there. So I guess the next step here, though, I had to preface it and say, if we're going along our Four Feathers themes here, it is the celebration of life tonight because there was plenty of life in this game, man. Uh, two goals from Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith on the podcast. Power play tallies one home. Alexander Nylander, um, you know, one of his good games, uh, a few and far between, but it was one of his good games tonight. And then uh, uh, Dominic Kubalik adding to his uh, Calder Trophy resume here uh, in this game tonight, Tony. Um, started off and looked a little bit like this thing could have went down downhill uh, with uh, Vander Kane. Opening the scoring in this game at the 1049 mark of the first period is a power play goal. Actually, a two-man advantage for yep. the San Jose Sharks in this one. Um, Ryan Carpenter taking a high stick to give uh, you know that extra man advantage to the San Jose Sharks. And uh, nice pass to the slot, obviously, with plenty of room. Vander Kane able to nail that home. Um, but, Tony, the Blackhawks came out, and they were a different team in the second period. And I think they ended up dominating scoring chances by a... Uh, 12 to 7 margin in the second period. Um, and that was huge. Uh, that's exactly what they needed. And it obviously showed on the score sheet and them scoring three goals. Yep. Two goals uh, on the power play, too, Johnny, in the second. The first two, one from Keith, one from Kane. Uh, the uh, the DeBrinket to Kane uh, goal there, a uh, little bit of Chell goal style, uh, cross ice. Um, tap into the net. I love those. I'm a big Chell fan. Uh, you know I love playing Chell. Um, and anytime I see those Chell goals, uh, it gets me riled up a little bit just because I like them. They're, they're high-percentage scoring opportunities. There's and a reason why you score in Chell on them. We've, we've talked about this before. Uh, it, there is a reason, and it's normally because they're in the damn slot. <laughs> and that's exactly where Patrick Kane was, uh, 32nd on the year with his first one there. And then uh, make Ron happy here, uh, the Brandon side goal to finish out that second, but overall highly entertaining. It was almost like you said, uh, they had woken up and played a completely different style of hockey game than they did in the first. Um, and if we're going along with these themes here, this was like starting to play that whole highlight reel of the better moments uh, in, in the Blackhawks season this year. You're getting one from, from Duncan Keith, who scored a, a, a milestone goal earlier this year. You get the, the old-time highlights from Patrick Kane. And you get uh, you get Brandon Sod on there, a guy that uh, finally, yeah, who was uh, just needing one right there. So uh, if we're playing with that theme, uh, I really like that second period because it was a great way to to start those highlights. And we have a third period to talk about, Johnny. So why don't you uh, head on into that one? 
Yeah, I just had a couple of points to circle back on for the second period here. Um, first of all, the first goal that was scored by the Blackhawks in this one is that Duncan Keith, uh, you know, uh, sh- shot from the point on the power play like you had mentioned. Uh, but Kirby Doc, love to see him standing in front of the net using that massive frame that he has, shielding the goalie's eyes. Uh, d- didn't get an assist on it because there was no uh, pass from him out to the point or deflection at all. Obviously, that would have been his goal if it was deflected, but uh, just nice to see, and hopefully that's something that they utilize going forward uh, in both power play and uh, five-on-five situations, Kirby Doc in front of the net. So just wanted to make note of that. Um, and then, like you'd said, shell goal on that second one. Uh, to bring it to Kane, uh, tight window, but you know, Kane usually doesn't get a whole lot driving as he's, you know, heading straight for towards the net and it's just a tap in right there past the goalie, but Hey, props to Alex to break it for setting him up on a platter there. Usually it's the opposite way around Patrick Kane doing that for the teammates there. Um, and, and then Brandon Saad's goal. I talked about, will Brandon Saad ever bury a chance again? Well, he finally did tonight. So, uh, that was good to see. It looked, uh, reminiscent of kind of Jonathan Taves, uh, the way mm-hmm. that he did it kind of pulled it off, you know, to his left and then, uh, ended up coming back across and going five hole, uh, on the goalie. So it was nice to see out of Brandon Saad in that one. Uh, and then I believe that the Blackhawks were 0 for 14 over their last five on the power play. So, um, like with anything, you know, we get the highlights of the season, uh, kind of, you know, you're collecting the pictures as you're getting ready to put up the billboards at the funeral and all that. Um, you know, he had to get a couple of these ones in here. So, um, that, that was a second period there, uh, in the third here, like you'd said, we get to another third with three Blackhawks goals to talk about here. Um, Alexander Nylander um, uh, with an absolute snipe and uh, you know his Twitter handle I believe is like snipe show 98 or something like that Um, uh, this was true to his uh, Twitter handle Tony Um, something that we've wanted to see consistently uh, out of Alexander Nylander obviously it helps when you're playing with guys like Patrick Kane uh, Dylan Strom Uh, Strom was the one that set up Nylander on this but either way uh, Nylander buries it top shelf uh, top corner you know, uh, where mama hides the cookies. Um, that was at the 131 mark uh, of the third period. And that, that was good because it just helps, uh, you know, put the foot on the gas even a little bit more. Um, don't come out complacent in the third, as we've seen, uh, you know, Blackhawks had a nice lead against the Edmonton Oilers going into a third period last Thursday night. Um, and almost, you know, had that, you know, stolen away from them in that third period. So, um, good to see Timo Meyer got one back for the sharks at the six thirty nine mark of the, uh, third period, a uh, nice face-off win by the Sharks, and Meyer was just able to dig it out and bury one past Crow. I could barely even see it come off the stick, so shit, no no way Crow could. Um, but then Patrick Kane uh, gets the second of the game at, at the 16-19 mark, assisted by Cuckoo and Nylander. So another you know multi-point game from Nylander here. And then uh, Dominic Kubalik might as well add to that Calder resume his 30th of the season Tony that it's excellent to see and assisted by Doc Doc's 15th apple of the season at the 1803 mark of the third so what stood out to you from that final frame the absolute fucking clap bomb that was Dominic Kubelik's 30th goal just oh I, I love that ripping the slapper on the one timer there from him and then the assist from Doc just like you said 15 on the year I'd like to see him get to 20 points um, I think that would be a nice little round even number for doc uh in his first year in the nhl but obviously i mean uh kubalik with 30 dude the the how does he not win this call there man how does he not he's just been phenomenal uh, 
I'll tell you what, and I hate to say it, and you know, Quinn Hughes is kind of an asshole about it when he was asked about it. No, has, has any rookie performed? Is anyone else even in the conversation with me? I think that was a little bit overslighted, but um, he has been piling up the assists and playing sound defense for the Vancouver Canucks. So him and then Kale McCarr is just part of the machine that is the Colorado Avalanche, uh, and he's one of their uh, catalysts from the blue line that makes that thing go um, when you're talking about advancing plays. So he ends up with a lot of apples there, but there's also a lot of skill forwards in front of him that kind of inflate those numbers a little bit so those are your other two uh only two that are also in that conversation of the top three tone yeah and you know obviously uh this one will come down to the wire and i don't think kubelik gets as much uh presses as uh some of the other guys that are in consideration here but i think he's just been such a surprise for this team it's been awesome to see i don't think any of us had him slated for for 30 goals did you no not not at all, man. I thought I thought he was going to be a solid, maybe a little bit more production just because of the frame than a Dominic Cahoon. But I would have expected it to be similar. Uh, obviously, the Apple numbers aren't there like they were with Cahoon either. Uh, Cahoon is a little bit different style player. But, man, uh, Kubelik finds himself uh, in places to score, obviously. Found himself in that slot area for that clap palm goal that you're talking about at the 1803 mark there. Um and he's done it all season. He's done it in different ways on rebound chances, uh, batting a backhander out in front, uh, redirecting a puck pass. So uh, excellent to see. Definitely didn't see it coming, though. Um, so, you know, definitely taking the league by storm. And everybody wants to, you know, get on him because he's a little bit older. Like, what is he, 24, 20, yeah, 24-year-old rookie um, after playing a couple of years uh, over in Europe. Um but, man, it's still your first full NHL season. You hadn't seen any action before this. It's like kind of the same thing when, you know, obviously not the same levels of production, but people dumping on Panarin. Uh, when yep. he, I remember a one Danny All-Star who likes to roast everything and anything on hockey Twitter, um, you know, now eating his words because Panarin's a superstar in this league. Uh, but he was the same one saying that, uh, you know, Panarin shouldn't have been even in the Calder Trophy because he was too old for it. So, well, uh, I mean, all the haters go suck it. You would have, I think, out of a guy like Alex DeBrinket, who's sitting right now at 18 goals. Um, and if you told me uh, going into this year that DeBrinket would only be at 18 right now, Johnny, um, I was I would ask you, who the hell do you think is going to pick up the slack um, and put up those numbers? It would not have been Kubelik. Uh, I would have said that maybe, you know, 20 to 25 in that range somewhere. Um would have been possible, uh, but I think that would have been shooting on the high end. Uh, I kind of had him more as like a, you know, maybe 18 to 20, uh, somewhere in that range. And he's completely exceeded all expectations. Um, just a, a bonafide top six guy right now for the Blackhawks. And that's great to see uh, going forward out of him. Um, I mean, we'll have plenty of talk about what kind of contract this guy's going to get when the Hawks uh, eventually um, have to renegotiate to keep him around. Uh, I believe he's a restricted free agent yeah. um, after this season, but uh, we'll, we'll see what what they what they do with that, Johnny. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, so uh, plenty of news surrounding this game too. Uh, obviously, we'll get to the more general themes and general sports themes, uh, general health concern themes here in a second here. But uh, last couple notes on this game before we do that. Um, two guys making their debuts, their Blackhawks debuts tonight. Defenseman Nicholas Bodine uh, called up because Adam Boquist is in concussion protocol. Um, Bodine 
played 1701 on the back end. He was paired with Duncan Keith, at least to start this one. Ended up being a plus one, recorded two shots on goal, two hits, two blocks, uh, and just had one giveaway. So a uh, solid night for the young D-man. I believe he also rang one off the post, so that's not even going to show up uh, towards his shot on goal column there. So uh, nice to see Nicholas Bodin, a uh, guy that uh, Ron and I, you know, Ron and I are kind of guys that track prospects a little bit closer here at the Four Feathers crew. Um, it, we've been excited about what this guy can bring from an offensive standpoint. Um, maybe not as flashy as Boquist, but um, just from highlights that we've seen at Rockford and throughout his development uh, as he's risen, um, you know, a lot of, I think there's a decent amount of upside, maybe not as high of a ceiling as Boquist, but he can be a guy that, that is an everyday defenseman for you in the future. So you got your first look at him tonight. That was number 74, Nicholas Bodan. Then up front, um, with Drake Kajula still out with a right hand injury after uh, suffering that during the fight on uh, Sunday night. Um, Brandon Hagel, guy who's been called up, maybe this is his fourth time being called up, Tony. Uh, finally got into game action. Hey, uh, quite an impressive night for him. Obviously didn't tally on the score sheet at all, but four shots on goal, one hit, uh, one block, one takeaway in just 11.48 time on ice. Uh, and for being your first game, and I know it's you know nothing extremely outstanding at 11.48, but hey, a guy who's been up here for much longer, Matthew Highmore, uh, clocked in at 11.29 tonight, and he's still sitting around those numbers, um, no matter how many times people want to say he does the right things or does this and that. Uh, Brandon Hagel being trusted just slightly more than him. Um, Hagel, another guy who, who was just an interesting character uh, down at Rockford. I believe he was one of their top three scorers, Tony. So uh, nice to see him get into the mix and actually be effective because we've seen a one Dylan Sakura come up and be quiet yep. for, you know, three week stretches at a time. But for some reason, he still draws into the lineup. So if you're going to be here, make your time worthwhile. That was my big takeaway from those guys. Well, I think, too, Johnny, uh, one overall theme that you can look at um, with us already pronouncing this team dead in our last episode is that uh, it's time to see what some of these young guys can do um, throughout the rest of the season. Um, And obviously you got to see that tonight uh, with a few different names that you had just mentioned here. Um, But uh, not only that, you know, it's just more time to see, uh, you know, Kirby Doc and and uh, I mean, I wish we were seeing uh, more Boquist right now, obviously out of the lineup. Um, but, uh, you know, dock it in 16 minutes. I'd like to see that kind of escalate up into the, you know, 18, 19 minute mark, uh, as things start to wind down here and we'll get more on that in a minute. But, uh, yeah, interesting time on ice numbers, um, as this season wears down and, and what some of these guys are going to be doing. I really liked what I saw from Hagel tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's that time of year, man. Um, you, you want to see these guys get some experience and, and figure out what you have. Yeah. All right, Tony, that about wraps it up for this one. I have one last thing that I had mentioned in the um, Four Feathers chat before I came on. Um, I need to air it out, and our listeners, feel free to roast me, whatever, in the Twitter replies if you want, uh, if you're a defender of this guy. But um, Matthew Highmore, everybody loves – and I, I hate to pick on the low man on the totem pole here. I know he's a fourth-line guy. I know what his role is here. But, man, for as much as I see and hear about from both the broadcast and on Twitter, oh, man, Matthew Highmore really hustles. Oh, man, Matthew Highmore is really in the right place. Well, if Matthew Highmore didn't have a pair of cinder blocks for hands, Tony, <laughs> he would be a really effective player then. Um, it's kind of like David Camp here, too. Um, I love the guy for his defensive abilities, but holy shit. 
Um, don't get too excited about this because just saying that, oh, they'll come eventually if he keeps doing that the right way. Um, you got to have some hands to be able to finish in this league. So well, I, I just wanted to air that out because the, uh, I'm sorry. It, it, it pisses me off when I see that. The Hawks have quite a few guys right now that don't have complete games. Um, you're just all around. Uh, and I, that's a problem in the modern NHL, Johnny. And we've talked about this in, in larger general themes across four feather episodes for two years now. Um, the Hawks have a lot of names in these lineups that, uh, like I just said, don't have complete games. And when you don't have that, you don't have the kind of depth that it takes to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you just look up and down this lineup right now. Obviously, there's some injury concerns, but every team's going to face those. Uh, you talk about Highmore, you talk about Camp, you talk about even a guy like Alexander Nylander. Um, just incomplete games. Uh, they excel in one area, uh, but don't have enough and others to kind of make up for and, and create that kind of all-around play that you need, um, especially through your bottom six. And, and when that becomes a theme, you've got three to four guys uh, out of those six where, you know, they, they really lack in, in specifically either defense or hustle or whatever it is. Um, teams can exploit that. Hands, uh, that becomes exploitable. Um, and it's it's a theme that can just get ripped apart night in and night out. And I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get on guys like Carpenter or, you know, um, Zach Smith when he was here, but like those guys as well, um, they're, they're role players. And when you have a bottom six full of guys who are either, you know, older role player veteran types and a mixture of, of young guys who are not complete players, that's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion, and then that's where yeah. I've seen the Hawks get exploited. Um, and like I said earlier, uh, you know, injuries have played into that uh, a little bit with uh, you know guys like Andrew Shaw and even Smith and a few other names here. Um, and this this affects the defense as well. Uh, but when you have that type of uh, weakness in multiple players, uh, it really shines through. Um, and I think we saw that really take its toll on that West Coast trip. Uh, not too long ago. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well said, Tony. I, I just look, you look at the standard, what's around the league, who you're competing against. Um, I always looked at a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Holy shit. Looked like they could score up and down the lineup. I know it's yep. been a little bit of a different trend for them this year, but man, in past years, they, they could score with all four lines and they had at least one guy with some hands on there that was able to finish. And if they couldn't finish their hands, man, they were redirecting pucks out in front of the net. So, um, I'm more if you're going to, you know, be that type of player, let's start seeing some of those go in then because uh, I'm tired of the, well, the try, you know, tries hard, uh, gets to the right places, but just can't, you know, finish. Well, let's, uh, let's start finishing if you want to stick. And that's where it is going good too here. Um, yeah, if you want to stick, you got to produce the results. So, um, that, that, that's my piece on this game, Tony, like I said, Blackhawks, uh, find a way to win this one six to two, uh, over the San Jose sharks. Um, before we get into this next game, because we're not sure if it may even happen. Um, some bigger news that came out, uh, the NBA indefinitely suspended their season for right now. Now, That does not mean they're canceled, but as of right now, um, awaiting further notice, uh, from medical officials and whatnot, suspending their season due to, uh, coronavirus concerns, the NHL, was made aware of that, and the official statement from the National Hockey League was the NHL is aware of the NBA's decision tonight to indefinitely suspend its season due to a player testing positive for coronavirus. The NHL is continuing to consult with medical experts and is evaluating the options. We expect a further update tomorrow. So tomorrow, that day that they're referring to being Thursday, March 12th. 
um, when that update will finally be brought about. Tony, um, with the trend that things have been going, obviously we got big news out of the NBA tonight with that March Madness earlier um, announcing that they will not be playing in front of fans. Um, you know, plenty of other widespread panic here, uh, I would say, throughout. Yep. Um, we, we may be seeing a suspension of the NHL season uh, coming forth here. Thoughts? You know, this has been a just unreal day, I think, for a lot of people. Um, you know, I'm I'm one of those who didn't really believe that this could really take effect as much as it has, um, you know, throughout, especially the sporting world. Um, and I'm at complete disbelief that some of this stuff is actually going on. Um, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, I was watching a little bit of... Uh, uh, I forget which NBA game it was, the uh, I, well, the Dallas Mavericks. I, I listened to uh, Mark Cuban uh, get interviewed. Um, this was while the Hawks were on. I believe it was during intermission. Um, you know, him talking about how this affects more than just the players and the fans. It's, you know, the workers, the people, the team employees, arena employees. There's, there's so much just that's at stake that's larger than, you know, us watching the sports. But I think it's also... It's really important when you start to think about it, Johnny. It's like, well, at the end of the day, you know, we all come home, we watch these games, and then we talk about them on a microphone, especially us here at, at On Tap. But not only us, but the people who report on these teams, the beat writers, the, you know, the other blogs and, and podcasts and everybody that's out there. This is our sense of enjoyment. This is what we do because we, we love these sports. We love these games. And it's, it's kind of painful to watch all this right now just from a, a sports fan's perspective because – you know, it, it, this isn't just like a lockout for one team, you know what I mean? Or one, mm-hmm. one, one league. Um, I remember Johnny, I, I'm, I'm going back and I'm thinking the last time we had to deal with, um, uh, you know, no sports for a while, uh, was when, uh, 2013, uh, when the NHL locked out. And I remember that feeling like an eternity. I remember just, you know, getting on the train every morning, heading into work and, and refreshing, uh, you know, news about the lockout and, um, you know, just waiting for something to happen so that we can get our sports back. And, uh, you know, just being on the verge of, of what we're on right now and, you know, the potential of, you know, there's not going to be any sports on TV at night. Like, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do? But then, you know, you start to even look at the larger picture and the health and, uh, you know, just the well-being of loved ones and, uh, stuff like that. I mean, this is this is some larger than life stuff. It's it's taken a lot to process here. Yeah, uh, it is a lot to process. And um, once again, there, there is no definitive status on the NHL going forward. Um, like I'd said, the NHL uh, waiting a, a little bit on this one. Um, obviously, there's still some action finishing up on the West Coast as we record this podcast late Wednesday, March 11th, Tony. Um you know, the NBA games were uh, concluding, too. They had announced that while some of them are still taking place. So, like you said, just an influx uh, sort of state here. And obviously health is the biggest concern out of any of these, especially in the NBA, uh, with one of the players actually testing positive preliminary for uh, coronavirus. So um, we'll keep you updated as soon as we hear anything from the NHL, whatever. Um, that'll be up on the Four Feathers Pod Twitter account. Um, we'll share any news as it is. But um, as of right now, that that's not official. So uh, the only thing that we can do right now, as we usually would, Tony, is look forward to the next game uh, and do our preview here. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, yeah, that next one would be Friday night. Um, 
being uh what date is that then the 13th friday the 13th Ooh, nice and spooky great fits in well with these themes then themes then uh against the ottawa senators uh game scheduled to be at the united center like we said we'll provide any updates from the four feather spot if that uh status changes at all uh or if the you know availability of fans to get into that game changes at all i have tickets for that one tony i don't know right now it's kind of up in the air so i'm you know, heavily awaiting the decision that comes tomorrow. But anyway, a uh, team that's coming in is the Ottawa Senators. They are playing out west as we speak right now. Um, I believe they were uh, up 1-0 on the Los Angeles Kings last time I checked. Uh, could be changed uh, as of late. But anyway, uh, another one of those teams that we absolutely should beat. But we've talked about this with a team like the Red Wings uh, when we were going to visit them. team that we absolutely should beat. Um you know, if it weren't for the Red Wings in their conference, uh, in their division, they would be, you know, at the very bottom, the basement dwellers, the Ottawa centers here, but, uh, the Red Wings pad them up one spot, um, team that you absolutely have to beat. You absolutely should be, um, just initial thoughts. You know, uh, I just hope these games are played, uh, obviously, um, but uh, at the not at the risk of uh, public health and, and endangerment to anybody. But uh, I want to continue to see Blackhawk winners um, and talk about them uh, specifically with you and the rest of the guys over here uh, at Four Feathers and on tap. I, I just I, I hope these games are played. I think I'm more worried about that than the actual result, though. Um, you know, Friday night hockey is a great time to crack a few um, and, and watch some hockey. But, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be a boring weekend if we don't have it. I think that's where at least my head's at. It's been such a long day, and there's a lot to process. I haven't really thought too much about the actual end results or impacts of these games outside of whether or not they're actually going to be played. I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Uh, just a few less specifics. That would be a 7.30 p.m. Central Time start. NBC Sports Chicago, uh, like I said, Blackhawks hosting the Senators on Friday the 13th uh, of March 2020. Um, we will, you know, still to be determined if that's going to happen. Uh, we'll get probably more clarification from the NHL tomorrow, but I uh, would not be totally shocked if they follow in the NBA's footsteps and everything is suspended. But um, even that would leave, you know, uh, a lot of questions and probably a lot of questions that we wouldn't have the answers to right away um, because it's a developing situation. So um, one last thing here, um, Tony, is people may, you know, there may be some optimists in the listener group. Uh, there may be some that, you know, have also felt like the season's been over for a while now uh, and we kind of pronounce them dead. Um, we, you know, usually like to hold off until um, as late as possible to do this. Uh, when we're just talking standings here, though, after tonight's win, um, the Blackhawks prop themselves up to what? Um, 72 points. Uh, so they still are chasing by six to get to that last one but there's a couple teams tagged up at that last wild card spot yep. well you look at this thing and sure they, they like to keep it interesting if you're watching tonight it was a national broadcast on nbc sports chicago and after that they're talking about oh the blackhawks fighting for their playoff lives and this and that okay yeah mathematically yeah sure uh, I'll, I'll give you that but let's go realistic here and that's what we were going off of last time when we declared them you know dead and it looks like, sure, for, for tonight, it looks like, oh, my God, like, yeah, uh, okay, only like six six out or whatever. Uh, but then I look at some of these teams that are in between us and that spot where we need to be, Tony. Tomorrow night, Predators, uh, Wild, Golden Knights, Stars, Flames, Canucks, Coyotes, all in action. Can they all lose? 
Can they all just lose? Yeah, they can't. They can't because some of those teams play each <laughs> play other. Each other. <laughs> so th- that's that's what I just want to like people yeah. look at the standings after one night. Don't get yourself all riled up uh, over it and think that there's going to be some great charge coming. Because first of all, they need a massive collapse from a lot of teams ahead of them. And second of all, they'd have to go on a major run while being banged up and injured right now. It's not realistic. So that's, you know, take what it tonight is uh, for what it's worth. Um, like you said, we we're doing the celebration of life tonight. Um, that's kind of where we're at. And that's we found at least between our group of, you know, at least how we view this thing. You, me, Ron Luce, Pat Comiskey, um, Pat Bodeway. Easiest way to cope with this thing uh, and do it like a, you know, a death process as morbid as that may be, you know, pronounced dead. You, know, you got to have a celebration of life. got to have mm-hmm. a collection gathering, family gathering, whatever. Um, eventually, there's going to be a funeral and a eulogy, though. So be ready for it. Those are my last thoughts. You know, Johnny, um, I'm 100 percent behind you with that. If for some odd reason that by the grace of whatever higher power there is out there that the uh the blackhawks make a run the other teams have a collapse uh covid 19 or whatever this thing is stays out of the nhl and we continue to play these games and the hawks find themselves in a wild card spot we'll be as happy as all the rest of you um we're just not counting on that at this point in time all right there's yeah. there's no there's no going there's not going to be um, another climb to the top of the roller coaster where it doesn't fall down. Uh, we've seen this before. Um, there's no, I don't think there's anything short of a miracle that would save this season for this team. Um, like you said, not mathematically eliminated, but, uh, you're not going to get any, uh, uh, we're back. The Hawks are back tweets or podcasts from us for the rest of the year, unless it it actually happens, which yeah, is, you, I think you, there's you, like a one point one percent chance that, that there's a, there is a two point seven percent chance the Blackhawks make the playoffs right now. So yeah, sure, hang on to your numbers. Whatever, they're not mathematically eliminated. Um, this is from MoneyPuck.com. They're usually pretty spot on. It, it's very 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 unlikely. So we are embracing for the you know most likely scenario, uh, inevitable in my opinion. Play the numbers. <laughs> Play the numbers. And if you can make it to a casino uh, that's taking uh, legal sports bets, we don't advise. We're not gambling experts, but we do not advise you place any money on the Hawks making this <laughs> making the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, that's just our, our recommendation, I, I think, right now, Johnny. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's bleak. It's bleak. They're the last one at this bottom of the, you know, as it sorts by the make playoffs odds. Obviously, you got your Boston and St. Louis at the top, 100%. Um, but then as you're getting down to the fringe here, uh, Nashville is sitting around like 56.8. And, you know, they're kind of, you know, whatever, four points ahead of us or something like that. Um, you got teams on, that are still on the fringe, at least out east, in like Vancouver, or excuse me, uh, Florida at 38.6. New York Rangers, 23.9. They've kind of been on an unprecedented stretch lately to kind of salvage that. But hell, a team that was up there even earlier in the season uh, and looking actually fairly good at that, sitting in that first, second wild card spot for a long time, the Arizona Coyotes, they're down to 16.7%. Uh, and they're still in front of the Blackhawks. So um, 
just not not great, Bob. To, to come along this ride with us. We'll be here for you every step of the way. Uh, we're diehard fans. It's not that we don't want to see them win. Uh, we don't want to see the impossible happen, but it's just not likely. So we'll be here to cope when it inevitably comes crashing down because it's going to come crashing down. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we're actually able to close this season out in a timely fashion, as we talked about a little bit uh, before here. Um, things could get a little scary with the uh, – the NBA making their announcement today, as Johnny mentioned, um, probably by the time you listen to the show, uh, there will have been an announcement about the rest of the season um, in the NHL. And hopefully uh, our post games are not delayed uh, by anything, uh, but we'll keep you updated on that, as Johnny said. Yeah, if the post games are delayed, they'll be on the lookout for the Four Feathers Pod uh, extended edition. Hopefully, we can try to bring you a guest. Hopefully, we can try to bring you a little bit further analysis. Hopefully, we can try to bring you a little bit early, way too early draft preview. Um, that's stuff that we like to do. So uh, we'll have plans in reserve uh, if things do end up getting postponed, delayed, all, all of that kind of stuff. And then also uh, on the baseball front, obviously this thing's affecting multiple sports. We don't know how it's going to affect baseball yet because it's still a few weeks off. But um, if baseball does not get, uh, you know, affected by coronavirus and things are going well, I mean, even if it does and it gets pushed back a little bit, uh, but baseball, I think, would eventually, I think if we're going to agree that it's eventually going to happen at some point in 2020 here, um, Tony and I are over on Socks on Tap. Uh, and our guy Ron Luce and the Cubs coverage crew, they have Cubs on tap lockdown uh, for all your needs there. Same deal here, post-game shows, and then a little bit longer extended episodes over for Sox. We call them Sunday Fun Days. Uh, Cubs might do uh, something similar in that realm. So uh, make sure you're going and checking those out, all available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and as always, at ontapsportsnet.com slash podcast. So, Tony, I think that about does it. Um, good to at least talk about a winner with you here tonight. Um, if this is how we have to go out, uh, I'm glad it was on top. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can end the season now and, uh, <laughs> it had been a happy, happy one. As Eddie O would always say, a lot of happy humans. We can end this one as happy humans. Um, no better way to end the season if that is the, if that is the case, but, uh, I, I'd still like to enjoy some hockey, um, throughout the rest of, uh, this month. Um, so that's what I'm praying for. Uh, yep. Johnny, we'll close it out how we always do. Yep, I'm with you. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.